you freaking out of? This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Eward is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Power through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. What we're going to do, you are on the internet. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Hello! All right, final hour of our week here on Brock and Salk, and we'll open up the phone lines at 9.30, as we always do, to hear from you guys before we get there, though. Stacy Ross is in the building. Hello. Hi, Stacy. I would like you. Hello. 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 <laughs> yes, that's old Dave Sims call that we get to play in there. Love it. Uh, it's good to have you here, and I know you've been uh, out, of, out of practice most days yes. and watching Seahawks. I had a couple of... Uh, I've been out there, I don't know, three, four times, but I wanted to hear what, what you've seen a little bit with your own eyes. So okay. I have a couple specific Seahawks questions. Okay. What is the single most impressive thing that you've seen at Seahawks Ooh. practice, whether it's a person or a position group or uh, something they've done? Bobby Wagner wearing a hoodie and sweats under his uniform um, and 92 degree weather uh, on, on Wednesday. What what does it do with that? Single most impressive thing I've seen. And he had gloves on. Why are they doing that? I don't know. I don't know. It's not even like a trimming down kind of thing. You know, like a high school wrestling style, like an incredibly unhealthy weight loss. And people should know that on Wednesday you flat bailed. Like you were were just flat out out. Just like I'm done. First of all, I got through, I would say, three-fourths of practice and then I started to feel kind of dizzy, and I could tell I was sunburnt. And I was like, they're about to do red zone drills. I already saw one-on-ones. I think I can go. Yeah. Like, the, the red zone drills are going to be just kind of like a version of what I already saw. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably for the best. Yeah. So you wouldn't have done all that wearing a hoodie and a football uniform No, but that gloves. is the single most impressive Isn't thing I've crazy? seen. Outside of that, um, God, you know what? I wasn't able to get out to uh, to OTAs very much. And um, and so I was hearing about Mike Jackson and how great he looked, but it, the OTAs coincided with our show. Mm-hmm. And so we couldn't see practice. We were here. And so finally going out and seeing that for myself, I thought was really, I was really impressive with the, uh, or, excuse me, impressed with the just physicality, like 110% kind of effort that Jackson was giving. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And every time I've been out there, you can't help but notice him. Mm-hmm. And he is physical, more physical certainly than some of the other corners. He likes to get up in people's face. And, yeah, I mean, we'll see what ends up happening. I know KJ was saying he's the guy that he would trade in order to try to bring back something to help you uh, you know, up front on defense. Maybe they will, but he sure seems like a dude who can play in this NFL. So what do you think overall, then, is going to be the best trait of these Seahawks? What is this team going to do best? um, I mean, they want it, which you can say about every single team. Um, But I think that there's – and, Mike, maybe you can attest to this – I don't want to say that there was a hunger missing from this team. There's never going to be a hunger missing when Pete Carroll's your head coach. But with so many established starters, with an established culture of winning, uh, with the expectation every year you were going to the playoffs, there was an edge missing. And I think that that happens with any franchise in any organization. Um, And I think that at camp now you have guys that are competing for starting roles and it's their very first shot. You have guys that are trying to prove they should have been a first-round pick instead of a third or fourth or fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and so I think that there is a – I don't want to call it like in, an aggressive kind of like physical – it's more that I think it's going to be a physical team. Um, 
not like Legion of Boom style. I don't think you can play like that anymore. But like there's guys out there that I think want to be like Charbonnet, his running style. Maybe Jackson, his playing style. We haven't really seen Witherspoon, but that's what we've heard about him. Mm-hmm. He's like a physical guy. Uh, I think so, you used the right word. Yeah, so one of the things that I'm going to be watching for carefully in this one, and Pete Carroll highlighted this, is tackling. Like, yeah. Does that translate to sure tackling, or does the physicality that you want just make for more mistakes? Yeah, I, I like the word edge, and I, I think it, it encompasses a few of the things you said, and it has been missing, there's no doubt. Yeah. Whether it's a personality edge, whether it's the physical edge, whether it's just not being as fast as they look mm-hmm. right now, especially defensively. Uh, I'm right there with you. And in order to do all of that, they're going to have to run the football because Pete always says completes the circle of toughness. And so you put all of those things together. I think this is the first time in a while that this team has felt like a real Seahawks team. That this is like the way like that Pete's being true to his vision and his values and all of the things he wants in a football team. I think you're right about that. I think that's that's absolutely there. So let me ask you then about the other side of it. If that's the thing that they may that may be their best trait, mm-hmm. what are you most concerned about heading into this season? I'm still very concerned about the defense, about the defensive line, about the guys uh I think the guys up front that they got on paper are upgrades. I think Dre Jones uh, is an upgrade. I think uh, Mario Edwards, they really like. He's kind of a name that we forget about because everyone knows Jaron Reed. He's back. Uh, Dre Jones was his big addition. And and you kind of forget about Mario Edwards uh, as your other starter there. But they really like him. Um, We just, the nature of training camp is such that you don't get to see it. You don't get to see what they're really going to look like as a defense. It's hands camp. Mm-hmm. You get That's why everyone's been like, Jackson Smith and Jigba looks great. He does. Like, he's so smooth in his routes, and so he smooth. looks really special. I cannot wait to see him. But he's been able to showcase some of that. You've been able to see what Jackson could look like. Mm-hmm. You can't see what the defense could look like truly. Not really. And so I'm still nervous about it. Yeah. I would say I'm with you on that, and, and specifically their ability to stop the run. Yeah, to I- tackle. To make sure tackles. Yeah, they didn't do that very well no, last year. No, they missed tackles way too often. Yeah, and and it's funny because we, we talk about all... I think they will be better than they were a year ago, especially defensively. I think what they've built on the edge and in their secondary is enough that I'm not, like, panicked about them. But most great defenses have great defensive lines. And I don't know that I could possibly look you in the eye and say with a straight face, this looks like a great defensive line. Yeah, no. I, uh, I don't have that in me. I mean, again, I would hope that I'm wrong. I will say that making that kind of jump from like, hey, you're 30th, 30th against the run to 15th is uncanny. Like that would be an unreal improvement. It would be an improvement that if the offense continued to perform or kind of meet expectation, this mm. could for sure be a playoff team. They could be they could be really, really solid. That's a huge jump. Like the 49ers when they brought in, I want to say it was when Sala, Mora maybe, you know, when when Robert Sala first became the defensive coordinator, is that who I'm thinking of? They were one of the worst teams against the pass. They had the fewest interceptions of like one of any modern team. And uh, and then they, two years later, were uh, like the number two team against the pass with like I think only New England ahead of them or something. Mm. And that kind of jump in the modern era was so incredibly rare that people were like writing about it. Mm. And um, And so I don't, expect that for Seattle, but for Seattle to get where they expect to be, they need it. Yeah, they got to at least be average. 
right? I mean, they don't have to yeah. be the top defense, especially against the run. They're not going to be with this defensive well, line. And you want to talk about, like, average. hey, Pete Carroll finally has the team he wants. Does he? Yeah. Well, not, not entirely. Not until he has this no, defense. I guess I don't you mean that. You think the offense he wants. No, I think he's finally got the personality of the team he wants. I don't, I don't know whether okay. he's got all enough players yet. And we started off the show today talking right. about Jalen Carter and, one, you know, as he dominated in his first preseason mm-hmm. game. Like, yeah, there's still going to be some eyes on guys like Jalen Carter that might have fit the billing for the type of yeah. player on the field they wanted. But Pete wanted to first build the right type of feel and, and vibe. And for the first time in a long time, I feel like they really do have that. Do you go, Are you going to 10? I, sure. Okay, very quickly. I got 30 quickly. seconds. Okay, very quickly. Uh, your, your, your boy, Albert Breer, made a great point the other day. He retweeted someone that was like, how did Jalen Carter slip all the way to like wherever the, mm, uh, Eagles, like nine, something. eight, nine? Huh? Not, yeah, nine or no, ten. No, no, he was still top ten, but he was like just outside the top ten. Or excuse me, just inside the top ten. He, they were, he was like, how did he slip here? And uh, and Albert Breer was like, does anyone actually think this is a level of talent? Like, no one was doubting right. Jalen Carter's talent. No one on the planet was like, I don't know if what I'm seeing is legit. It was all character questions. Yep. Like, that's the only reason. Which aren't going to be determined in the first two months of the of practice. Well, it may not even come to uh, uh, a head there in Philadelphia. You're going to a place where there are many former Bulldogs, teammates that you know, and veterans who last year were on a defensive line that had 70 sacks that are going to say, you're not messing around. You're listening and you're saying, you're, you're listening to yeah, what I'm saying. I don't know. That one's hard for me, though. Like I think he's in an environment where he is going to be, he is going to respect the authority. Well, quite a bit. I think that's something that you need to be able to have as well. Like, I don't know. I won't I won't quite let them off the hook for that the same way I will for, hey, we just mm-hmm. didn't want to do it. We didn't think it was the right move. Okay, fine. Yeah. But if, I'm going to be watching because if he turns out to be an unbelievable player, keeps his nose clean, practices hard, plays hard for a long time, that'll be a bummer. Because oh, sure. that's uh, really something they yes. could have used. All right. Bump and Stacy coming up here in just uh, under an hour. 10 o'clock this morning. What should we expect today? Um, I have been. T- now, I don't know a lot about it. So you guys are going to be treated to a surprise. I have been told that uh, Bump has uh, has not like quite a rant, but that Bump, you're going to hear. A He's Bump, angry. You're going to hear a Michael Bump as you don't normally hear. An angry Bump. I get ready for what it. What possibly led to that? We're was it all the out. autographs he was signing the other day I while he was out of practice? First of all, and no one yelled Stacy. That's what really upset me. You I know, know what I mean? Someone yelled Stacy. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I think that it was. I think that they were me. I think it was Brady. But so <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard someone yell Stacy. I am just telling you, you guys are going to see a side to Bump you don't normally see. That's at because 10. they were looking straight over you. You weren't in the way. They were like, get you out weren't of the way. Yeah, yeah. We're late, but did you see the culmination of of Blitz's competition with Stacy yesterday? Oh no. yeah, can I just say I, first of all, first of all, it wasn't a shutout. It was five two. So <laughs> I did, I did twice. Yeah, Blitz the Blitz. Blitz is good at that. Uh, was trying to scare me, and for every time I wasn't scared, I got a point. So yeah. he, Blitz ended up winning five two. But it got to such a point, I was so shook. I was shooketh <laughs> that one time, and this is on video, I need to find it. In the final segment of our show, there is an empty chair next to me at VMAC. And yep. I go, oh, God. Wow. <laughs> because I thought it was Blitz. Hey. So he popped out of a cart yesterday with a blanket over it. And right? a confetti there gun. Was confetti and everything. You yeah. mess with the bird, you get the wings, man. Like, you got to be real careful. Yeah, no with that. kidding. All right. Thank you, Stacey. Thank Always you. good to catch up with Stacey Rost. And you can hear their show starting at 10 o'clock here on Seattle Sports. Come right back with everything you need to know, including. The one highlight you tuned in to hear when you woke up this morning. It's next. I'm Brock and Salk. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. 
up first. Yeah. You tuned in today. You were probably hoping to hear one highlight, and this was it. Down to eighth inning. Two men on. Julio Rodriguez doing work. Here's Julio Rodriguez, the stretch and the pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Deep to left field. Way back. Going and going and goodbye. Baseball. Julio Rodriguez with a three-run blast. And he gives the Mariners a 5-4 to four lead here in the top of the eighth inning. Yeah, that was a cannon shot from Julio. Completely destroyed that baseball. And he was pretty happy about it afterwards. I, mean, I feel like that's something that I'm able to do. But at the same time, that's what I try to do every day. You know, try to like do my part. Uh, put the little grain there that I can do every day. So I feel like I, I, was, I, was, I was really proud and grateful that. I was able to do that in that moment for the team, you know. As he should be, and the team really needed it. He was ridiculous in Kansas City. 12 of 21 as they take three out of those four games and take a look at the standings. All of a sudden, look to be in pretty good shape. Six games behind Texas, so they're still within sight. Three and a half behind Houston. They'll roll in there for a three-game series now. Only half game behind Toronto for the final wild card spot tied in the loss column. And then three games up. On Boston. So, yeah, that is some really, really good spot for them to be. Here's the second thing you need to know. Seahawks will get going again tomorrow night. Game two of the preseason. Will we see some starters? I don't know yet. I would like to see at least a little bit. Pete just wants to see the guys out there running and hitting. I would like to see us play play really hard again. You know, and, and uh, I was really fired up about the, the efforts, uh, you know, and the lack of loafs that we, you know, we look for to, to count and add up and all that. Uh, the effort from the from the first guys that played to the last guys that played was really consistent, and, and as we tackled a lot better as the game went on, <clears throat> went on, I hope that we can start tackling well in the game. Yeah, I, it seemed like they did that over the course of the game, and they did seem to play hard. So looking forward to seeing them tomorrow against Dallas. Tariq Woolen did take all the first team snaps at right cornerback yesterday, so he appears to be back into the spot you want him to be. And then on the other side of it, Mike Jackson got most of the run with the starters there. Trey Brown was the second stringer, and they got to get that thing wrapped up. Hopefully by week one, well, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be a nice thing. You know, we got to get Spoon back into action. You know, we got to get him back out. Um, see where he fits into it all. Um, and when he's out here, he fits in. You know, So we just got to get him back on the practice field and see where, where he is. Well, and that's some high praise and lets you know that they still believe in Witherspoon as potentially being your other starting cornerback. Still got to imagine that there's room to trade one of these guys for defensive line help before the season begins. Here's the third thing you need to know. Cams get going in Houston. First of three games tonight. Bryce Miller on the hill against J.P. France. As for the Mariners, J.P. is not quite ready yet, but he's getting a whole lot closer. You no, know, we're, we're likely, if he continues to improve the way he has, we're likely to see him go out. Because it's been long enough, we're going to have him go out and play at least one rehab game. Uh, somewhere in the Northwest. It's probably going to be at Everett sometime, you know, Friday, Saturday, or this weekend with the hope that he can join us either at the end of the, the trip through Houston or when we get to Chicago. But, you know, again, that is contingent on his continued improvement. Yeah, well, that would be good. Would love to see him out there, and uh, they certainly need him as they're going to come down the stretch here into September. They'll get Jared Kelnick back at some point as well. Jerry telling us yesterday that J.K. did have the boot removed, and so he will uh, start to ramp up some of his baseball activity before returning at some point next month. That is everything you need to know. 
And we do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. All right. It is just about time for what is usually my favorite part of every week. I love getting the chance to chat with you guys about whatever's on your mind. And certainly with everything going on with the Seahawks and the Mariners right now, not to mention everything else in the world, there should be plenty for you guys to call uh, about. 866-979-3776 is the phone number. Whatever is on your mind, 866-979-3776. You want to talk Mariners? We've had a lot of conversations this week about the ninth inning, about Julio, about what they've been doing over the course of what is now almost two months of playing some really great baseball hitting wise. How many runs did they just score 20 plus in a four game series in uh, Kansas City and where they go from here? You want to reflect back on the Paul Seawald trade after some of the issues that they've had in the ninth inning. I think that's a pretty good conversation. You want to talk about Geno Smith heading into game two of the preseason tomorrow and a reasonable expectation. Do you need Geno to be any better this year than you did a year ago? You want to talk about some of the defensive guys that we've seen, some of the, you know, just what we saw in preseason game number one and what you think it will lead to this year. Uh, There's Husky conversation as they come in ranked in the top 10. So whatever's on your mind, let's chat about it. 866-979-3776. Come hit me up. We'll chat next on Brock and Salk. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, it's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com as well. We'll do some ranking coming up here in 15 minutes. Uh, and we got a good one for you. I'm all prepared, I promise. We're ready for rank today. And I had to limit the category, but uh, we were willing to do it, so no big deal. Before we uh, get there, though, this is always my favorite. I love chatting with you guys on Fridays at 930. We do open phone lines, so whatever's on your mind, whatever sport you want to talk through, 866-979-3776. We'll Jump right into it with Taylor in Spokane. Taylor, good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, Mike. What's up? Yeah, I don't think you're crazy with your take earlier. Uh Um, I think the Mariners can. I think they can take this uh, take the division. Okay, so what makes you say that? You look at the last thirteen games of the season. You got uh, you got three with the A's, three with Rangers, three with Astros, three with Rangers. Uh, I think if they get hot at the right time. You know, regardless of what their record is, I think anything's up for grabs. Yeah, the only challenge with playing the team you're chasing is that winning series only gets you one game closer. You know what I mean? So you really need yeah. sweeps. It's one of those things where when you win three, you pick up three games. But when you win two out of three, you only pick up one game. And that's that's sort of the strange, aggravating thing about trying to track somebody down by playing them. So I would say that in order for them to catch the Rangers at that point, they're probably going to need to be within two or three games. But I think they can do that. So you're talking about three games over the course of the next month. You don't think that they can pick up three games on the Rangers in a month? I do. Oh, absolutely. I can. Yeah. So appreciate it, man. I uh, I love uh, love the the positivity. And that's a, a great I love that take because it's what I think. Yeah, we love I, starting off with a call that says, I agree with you. Generally, there's about a million that don't. <laughs> so, uh, Taylor, appreciate it. Thanks for being the lone person to agree with me today. Uh, that opens up a line, 866-979-3776. So much going on between Mariners and Seahawks about to get going. I would hope everybody in Seattle has something they would like to say today. Let me go to Bob, who's in Moses Lake. Good morning, Bob. What's on your mind? 
Hey, these uh, these Hawks need to hang on to their uh, young defensive backs. They need to line the bed that they've made for themselves in regard to the defensive tackle position. Um, I think they've addressed it enough, and they need to hang on to these these young uh, pieces on the outside. What makes you think they've addressed it enough? Well, uh, considering that it's as late as we're in the the preseason as as we are. If they uh, felt confident in it, I think they would have made a move uh, prior to this, um, aside from from Dre Jones and and, uh, Reed. But what if there is out there somebody who is sort of the equivalent of a Trey Brown? Somebody who is, you know, of the same ability level, but at a more premier position that they feel they could add to their team. Right. And I think think I'd be willing to trade Brown, you know, if – if anybody, um, you guys talk about Michael Jackson. I think you guys, they need to hang on to him. Um, but if you can kind of find somebody like Trey Brown, then, then yeah. But I'm not sold on this whole Devin uh, Witherspoon thing. I think there's a lot of red flags there. I think he's going to be a good player. But there's uh, a lot of truth to the, to the depth, depth that they have, and, and there's um, that's the strongest piece of, of their puzzle right now. Certainly appreciate it, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that there's a lot of validity to what you're saying. They may go in that direction, but... I just keep looking at it and saying, you've got like eight guys on the back end that are serviceable or plus players, right? Woolen, Witherspoon, Bryant, Jackson, Brown, Love, Adams, uh, Diggs. That's eight guys that we all believe are capable of going out there and playing right now today. You're not going to be able to fit eight of those guys on the field at the same time. So what can you do? Well, at the same time, I look at their defensive line, and I'm not telling you it's bad, but is it A plus? Is it a is it a strength right now? That'd be hard for me to say. So I, I look, if they don't end up doing it, and sometimes injuries end up sort of helping this stuff take care of itself, that may be very well how it goes. But I can't help but thinking there's a way to open up some playing time for some of those eight players to play four or five positions. 866-979-3776. Let me go to uh, Derek in Seattle. What's up, Derek? Hey, man. This Kansas City. Jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, am I the only one that wanted to just march to Kansas City and kick the door open and start throwing flipping hand grenades into their dugout? Oh my God! So you're angry that they lost that they won three out of four games? <laughs> no, I'm not angry about that. I'm just it's just so aggravating the way those games went down. It's like all these bloop hits everywhere, and you're like, God! It's like going to a family reunion, and there's some little cousin that keeps kicking you in the back of the legs and trying to steal your keys and nobody will do anything about it. Mm. You're just like, can I just punch these people in the face and tell them to go away? I don't have any idea what you're talking about, but I appreciate the passion with which you're saying it, man. I don't know what you mean. That makes less sense to me than any of the weird analogies G. Scott brought in here. But I love it, man. I love the passion. That's, uh, that's, That's great. Does anybody else understand that? I don't know who we're punching in the face with keys, but like... Yeah, it's Kansas City's an annoying little team, man. They're going to keep coming after you. They're not going to quit. They've got some guys that are very different from you, right? They can't pitch, which is why you scored all the runs that you did over the course of the four games. But they've got some hitters. They've got some dudes that will swing at everything and make contact. And that's not the way this Mariner team was set up. They're set up to mostly strike you out. Well, that team doesn't strike out. 
So they're going to lead to some real funky games, and I'm sure there'll be some even funkier ones when they come to Seattle here in another week or so. 866-979-3776. Let me go to Gary in Tacoma. What's up, Gary? Hey, Mike. How you doing? Good, dude. How are you? Hey, I think I'm good. Thank you. I think you're absolutely wrong about Matt Brash. Over the last 30 games, he's pitching a 2-2-5. Um, he's got, you know, he's got the stuff, man. I mean, he's he's saved us these last games. I know he's had some struggles, but I, I think you need to reevaluate, um, you know, your stance on. Well, what is my just so I know what is my stance? Because I'm a huge Matt Brash fan. So what is my stance? Oh, that we made a mistake and, you know, get rid of Seawald and Brash and Nunez haven't been able to hold it down. They've well, I appreciate that. That's not really been my take. I don't think they made a mistake in getting rid of Seawald. No, you're right about that. I apologize. But definitely they've been holding it down. All right. Well, let, let, let's kind of look through that. So, Gary, I appreciate the phone call, and, and let me sort of talk through it a little bit. I think that they have had an issue in the ninth inning. I mean, that's undeniable. In four or five right. straight games, they had a problem in the ninth inning. One of those games, it was Brash, who just didn't have a good outing. He was not great in that one game. And the other two that came after it, he pitched pretty well. Gave up the home run, solo shot in one. And then in the other game last night, he or yesterday, he was great. Got three outs, no problem. My pro- <coughs> Excuse me. I don't think Matt Brash is a bad pitcher. The opposite. I just think he fits really well into what I see as a high leverage spot, bringing him in in the seventh or eighth with runners on base to utilize his best feature, which is his ability to strike guys out. Brash has been awesome this year. I think the numbers haven't always have actually been better than what some people think because he's been thrown into so many difficult spots. That's a big part of it. You know, managers can absolutely hide relievers over the course of the year and get more out of them by letting them pitch against lousy hitting. Not Matt Brash. He goes out there to take on the best that the other team has every single time, and then he's been phenomenal. So, no, I'm not taking a shot at Brash at all. I just like him in the role he was in. And I think that it's actually better served and serves the team better in that role. For now, we'll see where he goes because uh, obviously he closed down the last two games without too much of an issue. Uh, I, I don't know that there's a Matt Brash problem. I am a little curious about where they're at with Anthony Munoz because, uh, or Andres Munoz, excuse me, he's he's had a couple of meltdowns here. And the velocity is down two to four miles an hour. and the And the slider doesn't look as sharp. And he did have trouble going back-to-back games. So I think that's a question mark and one that they're going to have to figure out here over the course of the next few weeks. 866-979-3776. Let me go to Jake in Leavenworth. What's up, Jake? Good morning. Hey, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I kind of want to talk a little hockey, a little cracking. All right. Uh, So, you know, they kicked the tires on Carlson, and it sure doesn't seem like they're going to go after any of the Leafs guys. Do you think this is a a Ron Francis thing, or is this a Seattle thing? Like we just don't land big fish and we just build through draft and small tinker and moves. You know, it's a good question. I mean, you know, here you're not talking about free agency, right? So I I think that's a little bit of a different conversation. You can't make somebody trade with you. Um, So I don't, you know, the Carlson thing, I know they kick the tires. They seem to end up being happy with what they did. Would I have liked Carlson here? Yeah. I think he would have made them better. Do I want one of the Leafs guys? Yes. I think that they need something like that to get to the next level. But if Toronto, it's not like Toronto's traded any of those guys anywhere. They may have just decided that they're going to try to keep all those dudes together, which I think is a mistake. 
But, you know, part of the reason I think that is because I want Seattle to land one of them. So, yeah, I don't know if it's a Seattle thing, and I don't even know if it's a Ron Francis thing. They've only been around for two years. I don't know if I can look at it and say they're not going to go big game hunting. They just haven't done it yet. And we'll see whether or not at some point they need something like that to get them over the hump, because I think they're probably going to. 866-979-3776. Isaac is in Everett. Good morning to you, Isaac. Morning, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. Um, I just want to talk about a little bit about some of the negatives I've seen with the Mariners lately. Um, I'm immersed in the little league system with my boys, and are these base running errors? Does this fall on the the first and third base coaches? Is this on the players? I I'm happy we had Julio yesterday, but that one was frustrating where he dropped it and left, and then he kind of turned back like. Oh, he caught it, but then he got thrown out. So I was just kind of... Yeah, so so here's the thing. Let let me jump in here. First of all, I'm happy to talk through this, but I I, I do want to at least point out, if we're going to talk about the things that are going wrong... Let's at least recognize that this comes in a in a great, great stretch for the Mariners. So while I, too, am frustrated whenever guys get thrown out on base, on the whole, they're playing good baseball, right? And I know that's not always the most interesting thing to call up about, but they are playing good ball. As for the, the, the base running mistakes, I think they've been a mix. The Dylan Moore one yesterday, that's a mental error. You can't have it. I mean, that's just a straight-up mental error. You tend to get one a year. That's akin to forgetting the number of outs or something like that. That's a straight-up mental error. On some of the others, you know, a guy gets caught trying to break for third. Like, I don't necessarily have a problem with it if they're being aggressive and they're thrown out by a small amount because I think some of those old adages have changed. Making the first and third out at third base, it's not the same as it used to be because the teams struggle so badly with strikeouts finding a way to get home, finding a way to take the extra base. I want them to be aggressive, and especially when it's dudes who have speed. I want to encourage Dylan Moore and Haggerty and Canzone and who am I missing? Caballero and Julio. I mean, that's five guys on your team that can really run. Throw Kelnick's name on there when he's healthy. Six guys. I absolutely want those guys being extra aggressive on the base paths. When it's Ty France, when it's Cal Raleigh, when and not that those guys are necessarily making those outs, Gino Suarez, yeah, I don't want to see that. So I, I'm not. I'm going to excuse them being, you know, getting a couple of extra outs on the bases because I want them to be aggressive. I think what we saw yesterday, yesterday was yeah. a, was a bridge too far. Canzone and uh, Moore both were being not aggressive. Yeah, and, that's uh, not <laughs> what you're looking for. That's uh, those ones are mental mistakes, and those ones really shouldn't happen. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. See if I can grab one or two more. How about uh, Austin Walla Walla? What's up, Austin? Hey, Mike. Hey, I just want to talk to you real quick about the Anthony Richardson pick. Mm. So I still stand by it, man. I think he looked bad in his preseason debut. Did you did you watch it? I at didn't. All? No, not yet. You go watch it, and I think you might change your mind. He had some really really bad throws, and he threw a pick to a guy just straight at him. Uh, he made one good throw that was like, oh yeah, that was good. But honestly, dude, I I, I stand by it. I am so glad the Colts picked him because mm-hmm. he is raw, um, and I think he is starting because he needs the playing time. He's, he had, a, you know, the one year of starting. He's a one-year starter. Yep. I think they need him to start because he needs to just play football. Yeah. But I don't the know, only, man. The only, 
I, he's pretty talented. He's got a talent level that is pretty hard to find. He's the one guy in that class that I think I'm going to be monitoring the most. And not that Stroud or Bryce Young couldn't end up being pretty good. They they could be. But there is something about Anthony Richardson and just that otherworldly kind of talent and the ability to run around. I'll be watching. Yeah, all right. Maybe he didn't have the great first preseason debut, but they've already named him the starter. He's going to go out there and play. And I'm definitely watching. Let me grab one more just because Matt's and Kirkland's been hanging on. Go ahead, Matt. You get the last word here. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to build on your point about the difficulty leapfrogging the teams in front of us. I think with the Rangers and the Astros playing against each other, we always gain on one and lose on the other at the same time as well. So I think in all likelihood we end up in a one-game play-in. And I'm curious who you put on the hill, Kirby or Castillo at this point. Well... That's a really good question. Here's the good news. They no longer. Oh, you mean one game play in. So not even making the playoffs, not even the wild card. Yeah, you mean I, a one I, game play in just I, to I get mean, in this, 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 this weekend or this series against the Astros is going to be huge, right? Like I think it's, it's either going to be the blue Jays or the Astros. And so if we can, if we can leapfrog into the second spot, I, I don't see us catching the Rays. So, in the, in the likelihood that it's the one-game playoff. I mean, I well, they don't have that anymore. Remember last that. year, it, it's now a three-game playoff for the wild card, it? so they got rid yeah. of that. Oh, man. So, the only question, though, okay. but, but hold on, right. but it's still a good question. It, it wouldn't happen in the case that they make the wild card, but it is still possible to do a one-game play-in. Now, generally, if that happens, it would be just whoever is up next in your rotation because you'd be battling so hard to get there. But I still think it's a good, interesting question of who do you start if you absolutely have your season on the line and you have your choice of either Castillo or Kirby? I'm not going to answer it today because I don't have to and I don't want to. And I think it's a really good question. Maybe we'll come back to it next week. If you ask me today, I'm probably leaning towards Kirby. That could change and probably will change over the course of the next few weeks. So. That's where I'm at today. Not making pottery with Luis Castillo All right. anymore. I, you know what? When you got an opportunity to start Furious George, sometimes you got to do it. Let's do some ranking. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. All right, Seahawks tomorrow night taking on... The Cowboys, I'm sure you knew that, but uh, just as a reminder, the Mariners will be taking on the Astros. You can hear that game in its entirety on 770 KTTH, pregame at 3, first pitch at 410. They're over on our sister station because the Seahawks are playing here on 710, uh, 5 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff. So that's kind of where everybody is this weekend. And with the Cowboys in town, I thought we would do Cowboys ranked. Now... There's got to be a million country songs that mention Cowboys. Justin's not here, nor is Brock. So we're not going to even have a single country music song as a part of this ranking. Just know that at the beginning. This is Cowboys ranked, excluding country songs. Okay? Understood? So you got like the Oklahoma State Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys, etc. You've got an old band from the 90s that nobody probably remembers named Cowboy Mouth. You know the song? I do. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. I was like the song. That was very 90s alternative for you. Also from the 90s, Jamira Coy. Oh, 
That's like my freshman year of college, man. I just remember everybody gets to college. Everyone's listening to like Rage Against the Machine, all this stuff. Everybody's trying to show how tough they are. Four months later, everyone's sitting in California for too long. It's just like, hey, you want to listen to some Jamiroquai? Just kind of chill out. <laughs> Everything changed in the blink of an eye. <laughs> That's the return of the Space Cowboy. This is Paula Cole. There you go. There's a little uh, Paula Cole. Where have all the cowboys come? Theme song to Dawson's Creek, also. Oh, I don't want to wait. She might be. I I don't want to wait. Yeah, that one. Sounds right. Dawson's good, man. The first couple seasons of Dawson's Creek are underrated. People should talk more about how good they were. You got a bunch of movies like Cowboys and Aliens, The Cowboy Way with Woody Harrelson, Urban Cowboy, Drugstore Cowboy. So certainly there's a bunch in that zone. And then don't forget Cowboy Bob Orton, who's an old WWE wrestler. And uh, I want to make sure we get some Taylor Swift in here. Does this count as country? Is this from her country era? No? It's in between. She's always, like, she definitely started out kind of country, but it's always veered more pop. Hmm. Well, we'll put her. It's an honorable mention. She's not in the top five either way. So. I'm ready for the top five. Are you ready for the top five? Number five oh, is Midnight Cowboy, the movie. Dustin Hoffman, of course, and John Voight. You probably know it from the famous, you know, he plays Ratso Rizzo. I'm walking here. Like that's sort of the famous scene. You know what? I've never actually seen it either. But it's a super famous movie. It's really good. And I know it's supposed to be a great movie. I don't know why I've never seen it. I probably should. Because it's old? No, I've seen a lot of old movies. I just haven't seen that one. I know it's often it's quoted. Is it creepy? It's creepy. Creepy in like a horror movie way or creepy no, in just like a, a deranged dirty way? Times Square, New York way. Oh. So is it like Taxi Driver? Yeah, same kind of vibe. That's kind of what I figured. With a lot of those movies, I feel like if you've seen one, you don't need to see all of them. Like, I feel like I've seen Taxi Driver. I don't need to see Midnight Cowboy, but maybe I will. Anyway, it's number five on our Cowboys ranked. Number four from Pantera. Wait, hold on. Hey, that's okay. Get out of here. (laughs) We're done with you. It's too much. Here's here's Pantera. Yeah, maybe that was a little too high. That is aggressive. Yeah, very aggressive. That's their first album. I kind of like them better on their second album, Vulgar Display of Power, but Cowboys from Hell is sort of legendary. They're very aggressive. I think there's almost nobody more aggressive than Pantera. Pretty good, though. Wait, I know you're doing Cowboy Cowboys? being mentioned in a song because of one you had me put on here. Yeah, I'm getting there. You didn't do... Number three. No, but you didn't do Space Cowboys, Steve Miller Band? You know what? No. Where were you? You didn't. Now you mention it. I forgot mean, about where that. Was I? I'm not participating. I'm, what do you I, mean you're I, not I participating? Music, but I'm not participating in this. I didn't even get Space Cowboy. Kind of <laughs> forgot about it. Steve Miller Band. Yeah, for, I straight up forgot. It's actually the Joker. That's it is the, the Joker. Lyric. That's true. The song is the Joker. But if I'm going to put this one in for number three, I probably should have put that one in too. I'm a cowboy. I'm a
Yeah, I guess I just wasn't thinking of Steve Miller Band because it's not in the. I can't believe you're trying to blame it on me. I'm a passive. Well, you said it now. Where were you then? <laughs> passive. It's funny. Uh, number two, the Cowboy Junkies. Yeah, I guess I'm just a sucker for 90s music, man. Totally. Like, I just am a sucker for a lot of the music Mm -hmm. that came out in the 90s, which is probably why my number one is what it is. Should I be embarrassed about it? Yeah, maybe, but I'm probably going to put it there anyway. It's Kid Rock, and it's Cowboy. Uh Uh-oh, and I just totally screwed this up. Oh, no, what did I just do? Hold on. (laughs) I hit the wrong button. This is what you get for putting Kid Rock in ranked so much. It is what I get. Yeah. But this song's awesome. I don't know about some of the new Kid Rock. It's kind of taking a turn for me. But this song is great. I will turn this song off if I hear it. And now it'll be in your head over the course of the night. Yeah. There was a time where I knew way too many of the lyrics of that song, but thankfully that time is not now. I bet you still do. You'll be spared having to hear me sing it. All right, there you go. That is ranked for the day, and that's going to do it for us this week. Yes, I'm sorry to all you Steve Miller Band fans out there. I obviously missed that one. So that happens. You know, off my game a little bit. What can I tell you? Sometimes I'm fallible. You don't have Justin. It does help to have Justin. He better come in here. I'm going to really need him next week to come in and help with ranked. Poor Moore is going to revolt if she has to do this too much longer. All right, we got to get out of here. Stick around for Bump and Stacy. They're coming up next. We'll catch you guys Monday morning, 6 a.m., reacting to the Big Mariner series and Seahawks' second preseason game as well. Until then, the hay is in the barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!